the LA Clippers have some big news surrounding them in the last couple of days. A recent report by Mark Stein saying the Clippers are actively gauging Paul George's trade value. Marcus Morris, it has finally come to the surface based on an, a recent article by LA Times beat writer for the Clippers, Andrew Greif, that he was disgruntled all year like we've talked about. And Russ and CP3 potentially both coming to the Clippers? Going to be talking about a lot on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Viziri, born and raised in Los Angeles, going into my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. And, of course, subscribe to my own YouTube channel known as Dime Dropper for even more L.A. sports, L.A. Clipper, NBA, and NBA history content. And Locked On Clippers today is brought to you by Bird Dogs, the best Legwear most comfortable around, and this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. But Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to comment if you think Paul George is going to be traded. Because in this episode, oh boy, we got a jam packed one today. PG on the move. A recent report from Mark Stein saying that the Clippers are actively gauging Paul George's trade value. Despite the fact that Lawrence Frank said at the exit interview that he was not going to be moved, the Clippers were not going to rebuild. Steve Ballmer, even at the Intuit Dome presentation, said that we are not going to rebuild. Then there's the recent report confirming that Marcus Morris was indeed disgruntled and not happy with his role this season. And then Marcus Morris coming out and calling it cap. Going to be talking about that. And then there was a rumor that the Clippers could look to get not one of Chris Paul and CP3. I'm sorry, Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. Maybe both. And then the retirement of Clipper legend Lou Williams. Going to be talking about that a bit at the end. But let's get right into it with the first segment. And the first segment is PG. So, if you're an actual active listener of Locked On Clippers, which I hope you are, you would know that Mark Stein's report about the Clippers actively gauging trade interest or, you know, actively gauging to see what Paul George's trade value is, is not the first that we've heard that. Howard Beck came on this show two weeks ago and said that the possibilities of the Clippers trading Paul George are no longer out. That should have been enough to let us know maybe there's some smoke. This is now a secondary source. And my journalistic ethics always say I need multiple sources. So do I think Paul George is going to be traded? Not necessarily. If I had to bet, I would say he's not going to be traded. But the fact that the Clippers are actively looking to see what they can possibly get actually makes me very happy. Because for everybody that knows me, they know that I am over this two-on-three experience. I do not think it's going to work because we're basically crossing our fingers all season hoping for those two guys to stay healthy and they've shown no reliability in that department over the last four years. Especially, I mean, Paul George, 
is you want to say that he played 56 games in something, but um, one of the bigger Clipper fan uh, accounts on Twitter, Jamal Christopher, he had a good tweet, and he said that Paul George has only played, I think it was 27 more games than Kawhi as a Clipper, and mind you, Kawhi missed an entire 82-game season. So that's not really that much more. They're both fairly unreliable. And here's the thing. I understand that there are a lot of Clipper fans that are really scared to not play, not have stars on the team again. They're very hesitant to move off this current era. And I get it because a lot of people were hesitant to move off Lob City as well. Clipper fans were not used to having stars on the roster. So we get this emotional attachment to them. But my argument is this. We shouldn't be that emotionally attached to Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. What, besides the 2021 playoffs, literally just besides that one amazing magical run, and it was magical, and if this is your counterpoint to what I'm about to say, then you know what, by all means, I feel you, because that was one of the best moments of my life. But besides that, what great things have they really done with the Clippers? Like, if we're being real, what great memories do we have? 2020 sucked. The bubble sucked. It was awful. It was an embarrassment. I had to get off Twitter. It was so bad. I had to, I literally, I could not go on social media. It was painful. 2022 was fun, but it had nothing to do with Kawhi and Paul George. It was Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, and Amir Coffey that was leading that way, or that were leading the way. And this year was awful. So there was one good playoffs. In that regular season, we were complaining too that we were the fourth seed and we should have been top two. So the, the, this era of Clipper basketball, you understand, if we do this another year, and I get it, you want to just give it one more chance because if we do trade one of them and blow it up, or I shouldn't say blow it up, but if we break apart the two one three duo, you think to yourself, we never got a full healthy postseason with Kawhi and Paul and Ty Lue as coach. And that makes you say, we should have given it one more shot. We should have given it one more shot. The thing is this, if Paul, George, and Kawhi go through another injury-riddled season, where they don't play 60-plus games, which means we won't get a very high seed, which means that we won't have the better continuity and chemistry than some other teams, and then we lose in the first or second round, we wasted the whole year stressing fans out again, probably with a lot of fans not getting their money's worth going to games, and more than anything, if they keep getting injured, their trade value is only going to go down. And the reason why I think these rumors are happening are because the Clippers are starting to think, and it's mainly because the new CBA. They understand how capped they are with two guys making $100 million basically. And they're like, we should consider. And it's not just because of Paul George's injury history. It's because Paul George, you just don't know what you're going to get from him. The fact that Paul George is making the same amount as Kawhi is, is not good. Because, I, I listen... I mean, you can argue who's been a better clipper. That's a different conversation. But it's only because of injuries. When Kawhi Leonard plays basketball, you know what you're going to get from him. He's going to be one of the best players in the world. Paul George, you don't know that. And they get the same amount of money. And that's not a good thing. So the Clippers might be thinking, Paul George, as much as we love the guy, we don't know what we're going to get. He's also injury prone. His value is still very fairly high. I know that Golden State would inquire about him. I know the Portland Trailblazers, if they want to pair him up with Damian Lillard, would inquire about him. The Miami Heat could use another guy now that they missed out on Bradley Beal. So there are teams, absolutely, that would take a 33-year-old Paul George who just came off averaging 24 points a game, five rebounds, five assists, and still plays solid defense. Like He still has one or two really solid years left in him that he can play at an all-star level. That's my prediction. One or two years at an all-star level. After that, he might enter the decline. But 
So one, it's the new CBA. The Clippers want financial flexibility. You get rid of Paul George's contract. Maybe you bring in three really solid players. While none of them will be as good as Paul George, maybe that could help the health thing, the depth thing. And then you don't really have any... Like Kawhi now can take 20 plus shots every single game without having to defer, without having to worry about making Paul George happy, keeping him in rhythm. It's not that Paul George isn't... It's not. I don't think Paul George is taking shots away from Kawhi. But there is a level of get Paul George in rhythm that sometimes I think limits Kawhi in certain games. But yeah, the CBA is one of the biggest reasons I think the Clippers are exploring this. Of course, the injury uh, concerns and wanting to see what they can get, especially with Portland putting their name in the ringer for us to potentially, for them potentially be willing to shop the third pick in the draft. I mean, I would absolutely love if we traded Paul George for the third pick. Like, to get a future, a potential future star going into the Intuit Dome, having something new to look forward to, somebody we can draft because we get rid of SGA. I want to be able to enjoy a player that we drafted that has star potential. Love Terrence Mann, but I said his ceiling to me is a championship-level role player, not a star. It would be so great if we can get a Brandon Miller or even better, if Brandon Miller gets taken by Charlotte and we can get Scoot Henderson. Oh, my God. That would be insane. Do I think it's going to happen? Not really. But I also think... My other reason besides the CBA and the injuries of why I think this could happen is because the Clippers are realizing if they're going to blow it up or they want to trade Paul George and go a different direction, don't do it right before the Intuit Dome. Give the fans a year to see what this can look like and then you'll have more support going into the Intuit Dome. Because if you trade Paul George going into the Intuit Dome and replace him with like a couple of really solid role players for the LA fans that love stars and adore having the big names. That is not going to be a very good selling point. So I think that they're considering let's do it now before the trade value potentially goes down. And then we have a year to sell the fans on this new vision going into the Intuit Dome. And of course, all the other things I said, to be honest, Clipper fans, I would be happy to hear this news because it means that the Clippers are not just guaranteed to run it back. And I get it. There are fans that want to run it back badly. But I'm going to ask you this very personally. Do you want the best for this team? I understand that you might think that running it back is the best for this team because trading Paul George will inherently give us a worse player. But you understand the consequences. You're basically just praying, crossing your fingers every single day that these two will be healthy enough in the regular season to build good chemistry continuity and be healthy in the playoffs. And if it doesn't happen then what do we look like doing this again, getting strung along again? That's the thing. In my opinion, am I saying I'm rooting for it? Uh, to be honest, I would be I would be sad for Paul George if he got traded because he wants to be here so badly, and I love how much he cares. But I also care about winning more than I care about any individual. And I've seen, I literally cried when Paul when Chris Paul got traded because I knew that was the end of Lob City, and I that was the first taste of consistent success that I'd ever experienced as a Clipper fan. And, you know, that was early Steve Ballmer, so I didn't know if we'd, how long it would take to experience that again. People used to tell me that we'd never be good again after Chris Paul. We'd go back to being the Clippers. Well, Ballmer has something to say about that, and that's exactly why I'm not scared of getting rid of these two star players because I know with Steve Ballmer, with a new stadium, he will do what it takes to make us a great team. He will do what it takes. So I'm not that concerned. You know what I'm saying? Anyway... Wow, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I look like I'm distracted, but I just, there's a tweet from Shams. Wizards, Celtics, and Clippers are in strong talks on a trade that would send 
Chris Stapps, Porzingis to Boston, Marcus Morris and draft compensation to Washington, and Malcolm Brogdon to the Clippers. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is breaking news. This is live right now. And you know what? It's a perfect segue for the Marcus Morris disgruntled segment coming up. The best leg wear around is bird dogs. Bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. And you can do so many things in bird dogs. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. And bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird Dogs are the best leg wear around. I can use them to go to the gym. I can use them to just relax at home. You name it, you can use it. Go to birddogs.com slash NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Woo! 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 Don't miss Locked On NBA Draft live on Thursday night. Pick-by-pick analysis from our stable of local NBA hosts, including myself. I think I'll be on there. National reaction from our NBA big board hosts. And live check-ins from inside the NBA Draft. Locked on NBA Draft Live starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Locked on NBA YouTube page. All right. Let's talk about the recent report by LA Times beat writer Andrew Greif or Grief. Again, I still have not heard how to pronounce that guy's name. But saying that Marcus Morris was unhappy with his role this year. And then Farbad for, I think he does, yeah, Sports Illustrated. He's the beat writer for the Clippers for Sports Illustrated said that he's been unhappy for a while. Which again, we all knew. Who said that on this podcast? Yours truly did. So it's nothing new. The thing is, it's now finally showing. And Marcus Morris can say cap. He's like, you don't play 12 years in the league without knowing your role. Who's talking about the last 11 years? We're talking about this year. This is the only year we've heard that he was disgruntled, wanted to trade. But look, I I love Marcus Morris. I thank him for everything he's done with the Clippers. Clearly, his time with the Clippers has come to an end. It has to come to an end. The fact that he started so many games and he was still disgruntled with his role, even though Ty Lue left him to start way longer than he should have been starting to the point where he was getting abused online, like, and you're still unhappy with your role, it's just, then you're being a baby. Like, I don't mean to be mean, but you're, you're not doing what's best for the team. This is the problem, and it applies to Reggie and Marcus Morris. Every It's everyone's turn to sacrifice until it's your turn to sacrifice, huh? That's how it goes. I get it. There's egos involved, personalities involved. But if you really want what's best for the team, you will do what, what's needed. And that was for him to come off the bench. And now it's gone to the point where he said, you're either trading me or you're starting me or I'm going home. And then Marcus Morris sat out until the playoffs where he came back and was used a little bit. But this makes me happy to hear just because it's what I've put my neck out on the line and saying that I've heard that Marcus Morris is not happy and people have questioned my sources on that but now you're hearing it from the actual sources so suck it (laughs) oh my god 
Anyway, now my phone's starting to blow up with this Malcolm Brogdon news, which brings us to the news. God, oh my goodness. Sending out Marcus Morris has one more year left on his deal, $18 million. I think a lot of teams will like to take on that just because it's expiring. And I think Washington, from their whole trading deal thing and rebuilding, they want to do it. Now, you know what this means, that we're probably not going to get Chris Paul um, from Washington if this happens. I would be shocked because we need the salaries to match up. And if we trade Marcus Morris, that's one of the big salaries that we could have used to get Chris Paul. Now, would I rather have Malcolm Brogdon or Chris Paul? Absolutely Malcolm Brogdon. He's younger. He's in his prime. He just won sixth man of the year. Imagine pairing up the sixth man of the year with our sixth man of the year candidate, Norman Powell. That would be pretty great. I've, I've wanted Malcolm Brogdon since before this season. I was the one saying I really wish we had gotten him last season as our starting point guard. But the Celtics took him. And I was like, ugh, damn it. But Malcolm Brogdon, I mean, you talk about a guy who's got a high basketball IQ, can score from all three levels, not the quickest in the world, but can get to the basket, struggled with an injury towards the end of the playoffs. But I absolutely don't blame Malcolm Brogdon for the Celtics losing in seven games. Um, it would be so great. Now, the question is, if we get Malcolm Brogdon, does that mean he's our backup point guard for Russell Westbrook? Or does that mean he's starting? My only concern with Brogdon is he misses games. This season, he was a little bit more healthy, but my concern with him is that he has an injury history. So, we'll see. But I would be so down for that trade. Are you kidding me? Marcus Morris and getting Malcolm Brogdon? That increases our basketball IQ. He's good off the ball. The thing is, he doesn't play fast. He would fit into our slow tempo. But that, that's a move that makes me think we're not trading Paul George, that we're going to keep him. And, man, Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, man, I've always wanted this guy. Rookie of the year in 2016-17. But coming up, I guess this changes what I'm going to talk about next, but I will talk about it a little bit. A rumor by Chris Haynes said a couple of days ago that the Clippers aren't necessarily just going for Russ and CP or, or CP. They could be going for both. Going to be talking about the possibilities of that coming up. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Let's talk about the last report that I have today. Man. I don't, I want to see, we got to talk about the draft on the Friday episode, but this Malcolm Brogdon news, like what if a trade actually happens? Oh my God. And I was worried about not having enough material this off season. Woof. But let's talk about the Russ and CP thing. So there's rumors that we could try to get both. Now I'm very against this. I'll tell you why. I have a very hard time believing that one of those two is going to back the other one up. These are two hall of fame point guards with big egos, like Russell Westbrook does not want to come off the bench. That's very evident. 
That was very evident when he signed with us that he knew he was going to start and that was it. And I want him to start. I want Bones Highland to be our backup point guard. Now, the thing is, the Clippers have a team option on Bones. If they don't take the team option, and imagine if they want to bring Russ to start and then Brogdon as a backup and then wave Bones, I would hate that. I think Bones Highland absolutely has potential in this league. And he's a great energizer bunny off the bench and a young player with excitement. Now, of course, Westbrook and Brogdon would be better. I would love to keep Bones around, but I also want him to develop and play. Now, if we got Russ... I don't want Chris Paul as the backup. Like, I just don't see it. I don't. Chris Paul is so, I love the guy, but he has a huge ego. He's never come off the bench in his life. So what makes me think he's going to do it now? Especially when he might think he's still better than Russ, knowing Chris Paul. I mean, he's better at some things. There are people that would go out there and say that he's better, even though he's not. But, oof. I'm not about it. I'm not about it. I think we. I want Bones Highland to be our backup point guard. I'm very adamant about that. I want Bones Highland and Norman Powell as our backcourt off the bench. I'm I'm strong on that stance. So I don't want CP3 and Russ. I want CP3 only if we can't get Russ back. That's the only option in my opinion. So that's how I feel about that. I don't think it's very likely that we have both. I really don't. Um, and also, it's going to be... Ugh. Chris, paying a $30 million to a backup is just like, that's what the Heat are doing with Lowry, and I know it worked out pretty decently for them. They almost, you know, they made the finals, but, I mean, it's not, that's not like a, the Heat, the Heat going to the finals was not like a normal thing at the eighth seed, but talk about an eighth seed, uh, I gotta, I gotta give a little shout out, man. Recently, the announcement came out that Lou Williams is retired after 17 years in the NBA. Um... God, I don't even know where to start, but Lou Williams was one of my favorite Clippers. He's higher on most people's list than mine. I don't know if I'd have him in my top 10, but he might be in that top 10. I'll tell you this, man. When we got Lou Williams for our, for Chris Paul, him, Montrez, and Bev, the player I was actually most excited about was Bev. But that first year when Bev got hurt, it was very obvious who the best player in that trade was, and that was Lou Williams. And the first moment that I, I just – first two moments I just fell in love with the guy – was when he dropped 50 against the Warriors on ESPN and we won in Golden State against that stacked Warriors team with KD. And then we beat the the Rockets when Chris Paul returned. That was one of the best regular season games I've ever attended. You could tell how badly Blake wanted to win that game. And Lou, I mean, Lou, he as the spread pick and roll era started, we got him. And he took advantage of that. Because like as I always say, if you have a good enough jump shot, the teams are forcing you... Uh, to go downhill by going over screens and you have a runner, then the reads become very easy because they have to commit and there's way more space than ever before. I, want, I don't want to say very easy, but much easier than the past. And Lou Williams and Montrez created one of the best pick and roll tandems in the league and probably out after Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, the best pick and roll tandem I've seen as a Clipper fan. Lou Williams was so great in that in-between game with his runner. He had a great mid-range, great three ball, really good around the basket, taking contact, especially going to his right. But going to his left, that little fallaway shot going to his left where he would square his shoulders to the basket, it was literally automatic. And also, I've never seen a player on the Clippers. Actually, you know what? Norman Powell is challenging this. But he got such a good whistle. I mean, the second he felt contact, he would throw it up and he would make shots. And then there's no better, you know, year to describe Lou Williams than the magical 2018-19 season. I mean, he was great all year. But when Tobias got traded, 
Lou Williams became the clear-cut best scorer, the man. And I stand by this to this day. In my 18 years as a Clipper fan, I've never seen a better closer than Lou. Chris Paul was a good closer, but when it came to that last shot, he he didn't he wasn't a good enough scorer to get a clean look a lot of the times and make it. I know he made those two shots in the playoffs, but other than that, he didn't he missed a lot of shots, potential game winning and game tying shots as a Clipper. And then Kawhi and Paul George, none of them have been insanely clutch. And then Elton Brands, Sam Cassell was pretty clutch, but nobody stands to Lou Williams in my opinion. He every he was the most I was the most comfortable as a fan with him closing the game. He would take over fourth quarters regularly in that 2019 season. I mean, I just remember him putting it on and he couldn't be stopped. It was insane. It was insane. And nothing was better than the 2019 game 2 31 point comeback against the Warriors, the largest one in franchise in NBA history. And it was all possible because of Lou. And then in Game 5, when we were down 3-1, we thought the series was over, and he still pulled the rabbit out of a hat and got us another home game by winning in Oracle with an amazing performance. Two-girl Lou, six-man like Lou Will. I remember being in college during that series, and I walked around campus the next day like I was the man. Lou Williams might as well have been Michael Jordan to me in that period of time. I thank Lou Williams so much for his time as a Clipper for being one of the best six men of all time. He won two Six Man of the Year awards right here in Los Angeles in 2018 and 2019, back-to-back years. Of course, it wasn't a, a pretty ending with the whole Lemon Pepper Lou thing and the bubble, and then in 2021, he was just cooked, and we traded him for Rondo. But the number 23 for the Clippers, I mean, that will always... I know Robert Robert Covington wears 33 now. No, Nico wears 33. Rocco's 23 now. But... There was no one that, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know about Jersey retirement, but Lou Williams was here for three and a half years, and they were a very special three and a half years. I don't like him more than Jamal Crawford. I'm a Jamal Crawford guy. I like Jamal more, but Lou Williams was the better Clipper because he peaked so high compared to Jamal. He was the best part of a playoff team. The Clippers haven't made the playoffs that many times. We made the playoffs twice in the 90s, and then in the 2000s, we had Elton Brand as our best player, and then Chris and Blake, Kawhi and Paul, Lou Williams. Especially to be a part of that. To say you were the best player on a playoff team, I think is an accomplishment in itself. Especially for a guy that was coming off the bench. But Lou Williams, I thank him so much for everything he did for the Clippers. Uh, you will be missed, my friend. And we'll always remember the memories. And I hope to see Lou Williams down the line at the Intuit Dome. Maybe for a number of retirement. We shall see. Let me know what you thought of everything I said. This was a jam-packed episode today. And there's going to be even more stuff. The draft is on Thursday. So I am going to be doing a draft episode uh on for the friday and then we're gonna have a special guest for the monday pod but there may have to be an emergency weekend pod if a move happens we'll see thank you for making lock talk clippers the first listen every day every day is tomorrow on the show gonna be reacting to who the clippers picked in the draft the 30th pick i cannot wait to see who that is the age you can follow me on twitter and instagram at dime dropper pod and subscribe to my own youtube channel dime dropper for even more la clipper la sports and nba content the age-old proverb continues Go Clippers!